Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's do four stocks up and four stocks down, John, for this game. This is the hardest game ever that I've had to come up with four positives from this game. So I'll let you go first. As always, you're the Hall of Famer. The honors are yours, John. Go ahead. The, stock, positive, up. the stock up is that the Texans are made sure they're still in line to get the first pick in the draft. So that's a stock up. They didn't fool around and pull an upset. I talked to a couple of members of the Washington media before, and I told them, don't sweat it. You're going to be six and five. Every team in the division is going to have a winning record. And they said, oh, man, Washington, we've seen them blow games. And I said, not this time. And I was right. And the Texans, the most positive thing I can say, this was a lead on my column on uh, gallerysports.com, is the Texans lost, so they still have the number one pick. Yeah, at least why can't that just, for a stock up? That, well, it's you're right. It's they're better off where well, they you hear my second one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I can't wait. I hope I don't steal it. Um, John, <clears throat> we this was the hardest post game to ever find a signature player of the game. This is the closest I ever came to giving it to an opposing player, but I figured that might piss off the people from Kima Boardwalk, the perfect family getaway, the sponsor of the signature player of the game. I gave it to the one guy who did his job perfectly. Uh, and it's not John Weeks, um, Kymie Fairbairn. Kymie Fairbairn made a field goal, and he made an extra point, John. And by God, it hasn't always been that way for Kymie Fairbairn. So stock up, the Texans' place kicker, when asked to go make kicks, made kicks. This is where we are right now, John. I cannot think of a single player in the offense and defense that's worthy of us singling him out as somebody who did great things today. And why was Kymie Fairbairn able to make those kicks? Uh, is he this going perfect to... snaps. There you go. I knew it. Perfect snaps from the greatest snapper in history. If they'd been bad snaps, he wouldn't have been your player of the game. Mm. I'm not saying John Weeks is my stock up. My next stock up is I saw this in their notes a while ago. They were four of four on fourth down. Yeah. They couldn't convert a third down. They were two of like 13, something like that. One of six in the first half. But by God, when they needed a fourth down conversion, they got it. Davis Mills sneaked for two yards for their first first down in the second quarter. Oh they got God. a mock, a mock, a cheer from the fans because they finally got a first down. Oh, brutal. Absolutely. Four of four on fourth down. Okay. I thought for sure right, it was going to be. What's your next one? I thought for sure it was going to be John Weeks. Uh, mine, John, you know what? My stock up, Mother Nature. The weather was lovely today out at NRG Stadium in the pregame. And the roof was closed. And the roof was closed. It would have been a perfect day to have the roof open. It was sunny outside, but it was nice. It's kind of overcast. 
And the temperature was such that even if you were sitting in the sun, you weren't going to be baking like if it was 88 degrees outside. But I had a joyous time today at the pregame. We had a lot of people out there. John, you put a lot of butts in seats when you come out there. The crowd really popped for you. Uh, the sun, it was sunny outside, but it was like 50. So the sun was a perfect uh, a perfect complement to the uh, crisp fall weather here in Houston. So, John, in a game where the Texans were dominated on both sides of the ball, kudos to Mother Nature. She was not a wench today. She was a lovely, delicate flower. The weather gets my stock up. That's where we are with the Texans right now, John. Man, we shortchanged special teams except for Fairbairn because special teams weren't great, but they were still the best thing they got going. Special teams have been consistent start to finish. And uh, if the other side, both sides of the ball played like special teams, they might win three or four games. We had to give a shout out to the Browns for losing. They're now yeah. three and seven. That enhances the Texans' first round pick. Yes. Their next game is again at home against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers coming off a of bye week. So the Texans need for them to win. So they'll come to Houston with a three eight record. Have you, we'll get to stock down in a second, but have you talked to some of your colleagues up there in Cleveland, like Tony Grossi and Mary Kay Cabot to? to get the temperature on how things have been going with Deshaun back in the building up there? I did. I wrote a column about that last week for gallerysports.com about Watson coming back, what he was doing, what he'd been able to do. He had to, he, when he was able to come back into the building and sit in meetings and go through his conditioning, he left when practice began. And Wednesday of last week, he's able to come back to practice. Kobe Brissett had a great game today, but they couldn't run the ball. Nick Chubb was terrible. Six, He had 16 carries for 19 yards. Not as bad as Damian Pierce, but it still was terrible for Nick Chubb, but uh, they really struggled in the running game, which is strange because yeah. that's what they do well. And I'll guarantee you Watson's not going to play any better than Brissett did in this uh, loss to Buffalo in Detroit. Yeah, Brissett was pretty solid in this game uh, today. Uh, that was the game that was played at Ford Field because of all the, the blizzard conditions up in Buffalo. Um, so that'll be in a couple weeks. Uh, Miami next week for the uh, for the Texans. So we'll we'll talk about that matchup as the week rolls on. But, John, let's do some four stock down, and then, uh, and then uh, we'll call it a night here. Who's your first stock down for the Houston Texans in their loss today? There's so many to choose from. But yeah. Kenyon Green was awful again. Ugh. He's been bad for four games going against elite defensive tackles. He was terrible last week when he had a hold to wipe out a touchdown and then two that weren't called. In this game, he had a hold to wipe out a first down on a pass to Dari Gumawale. And then uh, he had an ineligible downfield declined, and he had another holding call declined. And that one play where he was just – overpowered dude and pushed back oh. into his lap i i don't know that i've ever seen something we're talking about a humongous guy getting knocked just straight back like he was floating on air like he was on skates it was crazy it was that was that was discouraging john i i, I wonder with Kenyon green like at what point is his psyche so damaged that he's you know, that this is something that's going to affect him, you know, maybe moving forward as a player you know, forever, you know, like this is, this is, is this month's been as bad as I've ever seen. Like I never, Xavier Suofilo was one of the most vilified picks in the history of this team. I think it's safe to say the first pick of the second round in 2014 and was given every opportunity to be the starting left guard for this team. 
and he was not good. He was now he might still be bouncing around the league, though. He might have improved after he left. That does tend to happen with offensive linemen with the Texans. But as far as his body of work as a Texan, these four or five games that Kenyon Green has played since the bye week is far worse than anything I saw from Xavier Suofilo. One of the things about linemen who come out of college, and I don't know if this is the case, a lot of them don't lift a lot. They don't get benched. They just don't do it. So you come in, and when you're not strong as a veteran who's been on a weight program for years and you get knocked backward, you lose your confidence. He can't have any confidence right now. He looks like he needs to be on a weight program between that. And I and I know he lifts, but he just got overpowered. Jonathan Allen said afterward he talked about a movie used on him that he was not ready for. And I'm thinking that's that's the truth. And then when you get beat, then you start grabbing and holding. He gets called for that. I feel sorry for him. He's a good guy. He got off to a good start on the run. They can't replace him. Justin McRae's terrible. And at least Green, you'd think he'd get better. Maybe he needs to sit. I keep thinking Davis Mills needs to sit like he did last year. Take a deep breath. Get a different perspective. Don't say you're benching him. Just let Kyle Allen play two or three games and then put him back out there and see if he can do any better. Yeah, I'm it really doesn't him. matter because yeah. neither one is going to be the starter next year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm done. I'm done with finessing anything with Mills. If you want to throw him out there, great. But I, if 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 replacing him is some grand plan to think you're going to get something better out of him in three games, eh, just leave him in. I, I'm I'm just so disgusted with this team right now. Um, so Kenyon Green, that's a that's a that's a really good one. Obviously, um, my first stock down, I'll just go with Davis Mills. I mean, that's an easy one. That's just as easy as Kenyon Green. Davis Mills, you cannot be the overseer of an offense that runs 21 plays in the first half and gains five yards. That's not an exaggeration. Five yards in the first half. They they were out first down 14 to one. Washington had 14 first downs, which is a ton. 14 first downs in the first half. The Texans had one first down in the first half of the football game. The time of possession was was nearly two to one in favor of Washington. Um, and, and so I can come up with a ton of numbers to back that up. But, John, when you're Davis Mills and on the second play of the game, you're throwing a pick six. This is not a team that can afford to fall behind seven to nothing on the second offensive play of the game for their team. So, um, Davis Mills, I have, enjoy the next seven games because this will be the last seven games that you start, unless in case of emergency, for the Houston Texans. I've got an aside about things look about stock up. I was thinking when Alex Bregman stood up and the fans gave their loudest ovation for him sitting with the McNair family in the founder's box Mm -hmm. suite that uh, he's probably waving, thinking, my God, I'm glad I'm with Astros. (laughs) Yeah, no, I didn't know that. God, I didn't know. I didn't. So glad I didn't play football because the crowd was so sparse, so full of Washington fans and of course everybody clapped for him. I think even the Washington fans clapped for Bregman because they have respect for what the Astros did. They should clap for him considering they won a World Series over him. But I'm thinking that was the biggest ovation of the game. And I was just thinking he was smiling. He had to be saying through his teeth, Oh God, thank, thank yeah. God for the Astros. Yes. And all the fans are thinking can't spring training in February can't come soon enough. You got that right. Absolutely. All right, John, who's your next stock down? 
it's hard for me to pick anybody from the defense. They didn't Washington didn't have a completion more than 19 yards. They didn't have a big running game like other teams have. So I got to go back to the offense. Damian Pierce had what hopefully is the worst game of his career. It wasn't his fault. Uh, they couldn't block him. They just got steamrolled. You could pick all the offensive linemen, but I'm going to go with Pierce because he needs to bounce back in a big way at Miami. Yeah, that's I I I have a hard time blaming Damian Pierce for anything, but you're right. It's, it was not. I, I'm more. Uh, it's probably stocked down Damian Pierce fantasy owners more than anything else because that was a <laughs> that was a rough that's day. That was a rough day to own Damian Pierce in fantasy for sure. Uh, all right, John. My last stock down is Lovey Smith and Lovey Smith's whole act in the post game show. Him getting indignant about questions that get asked of him about Davis Mills. Him him acting like asking questions about Davis Mills is just out of bounds. That that Lovey Smith is dying on this Davis Mills hill to me is one of the funniest things, like tragically sports tragically funny that I've ever watched. He basically basically absolved Davis Mills of all blame today. You know, he he essentially said that. You know, what I want to see is Davis with good protection and a good running game. Did you ever maybe think that the reason why the protection isn't very good and the running game isn't very good is because these other teams can jam eight and nine guys in the box and just blitz the hell out of you because Davis Mills is inaccurate and he's not very good? Like, it's a chicken and egg thing. It's not just it's not just Davis can't throw because they're stopping the run. They're able to stop the run and throw all these guys in the box because Davis Mills does zero to scare a defense. I'm just I'm I'm flabbergasted and disgusted by the way that Lovey Smith just seems to carry water for Davis Mills and, and thinks he's above any sort of sort of criticism. Uh, it, it's it's mind boggling to me. And the biggest thing, the most disturbing thing about Lovey's press conference was when he bristled at the notion of change. What do you mean? Like change just to change? Well, no change because you're one eight and one and you stink right now. So I. I can't, man. We got seven more of these. Um, I like football. I'll go to the stadium. I'll do the. I'll do our thing. I enjoy working on game day. Lovey Smith in these press conferences coming up over the next seven weeks. Hell, John Lovey Smith in his press conference on Monday is going to be fascinating because he spent the first three minutes of the Sunday press conference after the game saying he needs to watch the video and I can't do anything thirty minutes after the game. You think I'm going to come in here and tell you guys this? Blah blah blah. He set it up so that there's going to be a ton of follow up questions at the Monday press conference, but Lovey Smith is, um, is he's not the lovable lovey that we saw in training camp, John. He is coming apart at the seams in my mind. I don't blame him. I would too. When you're one, eight and one, I've been through so many losing teams in this city, seen so many coaches bristle at questions and fall apart and get fired. It's kind of just, I let it go in one ear and out the other. Another thing about males, Lovey said when they, through that pick six and you're down seven zero. that's tough duty. Like you couldn't come back from it. Another thing about Mills, he held the ball too long, two or three times. And a couple of times he had good protection. He just threw bad passes. And uh, that's, it's still amazing to me how he can play so well at the end of last year. People seem to have forgotten that. And why is he so bad? I still think Pep Hamilton has a lot to do with it. He has a new quarterback coach. And uh, that's got to have something to do with it. And I'm not hurt he quit working or anything, but it's going to end up. He'll be here next year, but he'll he'll he's only going to be there uh, trying to help the first overall pick. John, how about when they're trying to come back in this game and, and down twenty three to three? I don't think anybody thought they were going to come back and win, but they're coming back. They're driving the field and they're huddling, 
And there should have been in a no huddle the whole fourth quarter. He's doing all this gesturing at the at the line of scrimmage and the play clock. They let the play clock run down to like one second a couple times while they were trying to come back from being down 20 points in the fourth quarter. Like I I don't know, man. Like this, like stuff like that, st- little things like that just make me think, like, you know, whatever the heat is from firing Lovey Smith, deal with the heat and get a better coach. Like, don't bring somebody back to coach if you if you observe and know that he's a bad coach. And that's why when you asked the question earlier, why would a coach want to take this job, you know, or they'd have a hard time finding a coach. And why would it why would I think they wouldn't do the same thing to me if I were a young coach? I I, I would like to think that if it were a young coach, they know that they're going to have to roll with the punches with with a young coach making mistakes. Lovey Smith is who he is now, John. Like, I don't look at Lovey Smith and go, boy, there's a lot of upside with Lovey Smith. He could be a better coach at the end of this season than he was at the beginning of the season, like I would with a, a young coach. I'm just I, – I thought I'd be one of the ones that was probably – that would stick it out longer for Lovey Smith. And who knows, maybe I am. Maybe everybody's out on Lovey Smith. But I'm I am rapidly becoming somebody that would welcome a change um after the uh after the season is over i know you said too that that you know normally he should be fired but you think circumstances outside of performance might keep that job for him right i do because i think he doesn't have anything to do with the offense they they made a mistake with pep and i think that lovey did he just get stupid at illinois i mean he did pretty well with chicago if you go look at every all the people he had quarterbacks he had and he wasn't a bad coach. He was considered a pretty good coach, not a great one. And all of a sudden, everything he did there, it just disappeared. Maybe he left it in champagne. John, the but that was two thousand. That was that was a long time ago. I mean, was, I know, I know. Yeah. But do you get stupid when you no when no been in but, college for five no, years? I'm not saying I'm not I'm I'm not questioning his intelligence. I but I do question his philosophies. You know, like he's it could be that he's doing some antiquated things. You know what I mean? Like the game itself has changed a lot over the course of that decade. I, I, I don't blame him at all for the offense because he has nothing to do with it. Now, if people can rip him for putting it all in Pep's hands, letting Pep power all the offensive coaches, yeah. other than Danny Barrett, the running back coach, I think is pretty good. They let Pep hire everybody. So I think what's going to happen, you're going to see a lot of offensive coaches gone. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, but you know, you're, maybe they can't get somebody to come in here that's any good. I want them to have an offensive coordinator who's proven. They can pay him $5 million a year. I don't care. Just get a guy where we've seen results and we've seen his work with a young quarterback. I'd love to know. I, John, that needs to be research that you do for gallerysports.com to, or sportsradio610.com, whichever one you want to do it for. Find the list. Find those names. You know what I mean. Like who? Who is that? <laughs> you know what I mean. Like a- Tom Pelissero had an annual list in which he put assistant coaches who are ready to he hears ready to be interviewed for head coaching jobs. Obviously, all of them aren't going to get them. Last year, Pep Hamilton was on that list. Now, mm-hmm. the only guy on that list of like fifty is uh, Josh McDaniel's brother. What's his name? Ben. Ben, ben, who's been on the staff for a while. Ben's the only one he put on there. And I'm thinking, how in the world would somebody know that about him considering how bad this offensive is? Now, maybe they can make him the play caller. Yeah, that's what He's I'm saying. He's never called plays. Anybody would be as good, be better than Pep. Yeah, I like it's calling plays. It's not brain surgery. You know what I mean? Like it's uh, anybody would be better than Pep, right? If you're asking me, hey, if they made Ben McDaniel's a play caller, would this offense all of a sudden be a middle of the pack offense as opposed to last in the league like it is right now? Probably not. 
But my guess is the play calling is going to be more imaginative, more creative, less stress-inducing, less boo-inducing than Pep Hamilton's because nothing can be worse than what we're watching now. John, what do you got? <laughs> what do you got going on? <laughs> I get tired even talking about it now, John. Uh well, you better not, because we're going to be talking about it a lot. Oh, no, don't worry, John. I'm good. And I love doing this with you, so it's all good. 